Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector Kevin Kane, here to chill you once again with spooky, gory, scary stories. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. To start things off, as usual, I want to invite you to visit my website, myhaunteddolls.com. You'll find my shop out there with all of the books I have published. You can get your autograph copy today. Those are all or mostly priced a little bit lower than what you'll find on Amazon. So be sure to act now and get your copy. Also, you'll find links there to my YouTube page, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash My Haunted Dolls, where you can see video evidence that I've captured over the years from my haunted items. We do live feeds from time to time, and there are several of those archived out there. We also do a show every Tuesday night, Abnormal Alabama. Be sure to check that out. Every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, we go on live and discuss all sorts of strange and unusual subjects from ghosts to cryptids to UFOs to legends and mysterious things all over the world. So be sure to tune in there. Those are also archived out there at Abnormal Alabama on YouTube and on my web, Maya YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls. I also have a Facebook page, My Haunted Dolls, as well as an Instagram, so be sure to look those up. And you can follow to see all of my posts and current events. But don't forget, check out MyHauntedDolls.com today and purchase your autographed book. There's even a photo out there. There's even a bumper sticker if you'd like that for your vehicle, so check that out. All right, now, without any further hesitation, let's get started with our episode here. I've got some creepy, spooky stories lined up for this evening, so let's get down to business. This first story I have for you is a creepy bedtime story, and it's cleverly called, Go to Sleep. For a tired child, bedtime is always a happy and relaxing event when they relax and drift off into a restful slumber. Some children complain when their parents force them to go to sleep before their bedtime. For me, bedtime was always fearful and terrifying. It was an event that I dreaded every night. My fear of sleeping began when I was eight years old. My parents moved me into my own bedroom, a small and narrow room at the back of the house, just large enough for a bunk bed and a chest of drawers. 
It had only one window which looked out onto the back garden and did not let in much light. It was the first time I had ever slept on my own, and from the very first night I remember experiencing a strange feeling of unease. As I lay on the top bunk trying to fall asleep, I thought I heard a noise. I couldn't be sure, but it seemed to be coming from the bottom bunk. The room was pitch black, and the curtains on the window let in just enough light to make out vague shapes in the dark. At first, I wasn't sure what the noise was. Sometimes the simplest of sounds can be the most unnerving. I listened closely and realized that it was the unmistakable sound of bedsheets rustling in the dark. The bottom bunk was empty, but when I peered over the edge of my bed, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Something suddenly withdrawing out of sight into the bottom bunk. Something that did not wish to be seen. I lay there in disbelief, trying to convince myself that it was just my fevered imagination running wild. I turned to face the wall and closed my eyes, willing myself to fall asleep quickly. The rustling noise beneath me steadily increased until I could not ignore it anymore. Whatever was lurking in the bottom bunk began to toss and turn violently. Fear gripped my heart and I had a terrible sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. My pulse was racing and I broke out into a cold sweat. I could hear the sheets thrashing back and forth below. Eventually, I couldn't take the tension anymore and cried out for my mother. Suddenly, the bunk bed began to shake violently, clattering against the wall. The bed sheets below me were still twisting and turning. I could not get out of bed in case the thing in the bottom bunk reached out and grabbed me. I imagined it pulling me by the ankle and dragging me off into the darkness. I was trapped in the top bunk, like a cornered rat, unable to flee. I clutched my blanket with the white knuckles and waited. The door finally burst open and my mother came in to calm me down. Tears were streaming down my face. She lay down in the empty bunk and promised to stay there until morning. Eventually, I was able to sleep. The next day, as I played in my backyard, I kept glancing up at my bedroom window. Each time, a chill ran down my spine 
and my hair stood on end. I felt like something was lurking in that room, watching me play and waiting for night to fall so it could be alone with me again. I tried to tell my parents about it, but they would not listen to me. They just dismissed my claims as childish fears of the dark. And when night arrived, they ushered me upstairs and forced me to get into bed. Go to sleep, said my mother. Stop being such a baby. I didn't protest. It was no use. I resigned myself to my fate, climbed up to the top bunk, got under the covers, and waited. Lying there in the darkness alone and frightened, I heard the quiet rustling of bedsheets and knew it was starting again. But this time it was different. I heard the sound of slow, rasping breathing coming from the bottom bunk. The soft, labored wheezing made me shudder. Only a flimsy mattress separated me from whatever was lurking below. Lying there paralyzed with fear, I just wanted the thing to leave me alone. Its labored breathing became louder and louder. Then, suddenly, I felt something long and thin poking at the underside of my mattress. I screamed in horror, and the bunk bed began shaking violently. My mother came rushing in and calmed me down with a comforting hug. Eventually, my terror subsided, and with her standing guard, I was able to fall into an uneasy sleep. This continued for weeks. Night after night, I would wake up to the sound of rustling sheets. Each time, I would scream for help, and the bed would begin to shake violently. As soon as my mother came in, everything would stop and she would have to spend the rest of the night in the bottom bunk just so I could go to sleep. It was a difficult time for my family. My grandmother was sick and my mother had to go and take care of her. When I found out that my mother would be away for the whole weekend, I flew into a panic. There would be nobody to protect me from the thing in the bottom bunk. No one would answer my cries in the middle of the night. On the day my mother left, I rushed home after school and immediately stripped the bed sheets and mattress off the lower bunk and removed all of the slats. My plan was to protect myself to prevent that thing having a place to sleep for the night. I hoped that somehow this would bring protection. Unfortunately, that night proved to be the most terrifying experience of all. 
To this day, I shudder to think about it. I managed to fall asleep, but in the middle of the night, something woke me up. The room was pitch black, and there was no noise, no rustling of sheets, no movement at all. However, something did not feel right. Just then, I felt the covers on my bed begin to move. The horrifying truth suddenly dawned on me. The wretched thing that had terrorized me night after night was not in the bottom bunk. It was in my bed. I opened my mouth and tried to scream, but nothing came out. My eyes were wide with terror, and I lay motionless, barely able to breathe. I didn't want to let it know I was awake. I could feel it lying beside me, something cold and slimy leaning against my right arm. It was lying under the blanket. I could see its outline. But I did not dare to look. All of a sudden, it rolled over on top of me, and I felt its weight pressing down on me. I will never forget that awful feeling. Hours passed, and I lay there motionless in the darkness, too frightened to move a muscle. I wanted to cry. But no tears would come out. Finally, I reached my breaking point and could not bear it a moment longer. Ever so slowly, I tried to ease myself out from under. Inch by painstaking inch, I shifted my weight, moving sideways. Just as I thought I was about to escape. It moved, dear God! It moved. I felt a clammy hand reach across my chest and close around my throat. Its grip gradually tightened, and I felt it squeezing my neck. The horrid, slimy thing began writhing and contorting under the blanket. I could hear it wheezing. Rasping and coughing, I felt its breath against my face, foul and cold as ice. Dawn was breaking outside, and the first rays of sunshine were peeking through the curtains. I fought for dear life, but I was no match for it. As its scrawny fingers squeezed my neck. I felt the life ebbing from me. I tried to scream, but the thing's grip was too tight. I was fighting to stay conscious when suddenly it released me and slowly withdrew, melting slowly, slowly into the wall. I tumbled off the bed and scrambled out of the bedroom. When I got downstairs, 
I breathed a sigh of relief. I had survived the most horrible experience of my life. To this day, I still break out in a cold sweat at the sound of bed sheets rustling in the night. I spent the entire day trying to convince my father to spend the night in my room. It took some effort, but he finally agreed. Perhaps he was just trying to humor me while my mother was away. Whatever the reason, it proved to be a smart move because in one night, it solved the problem for good. The very next morning, he stormed into my room and told me to pack a suitcase. We were moving to a hotel. Well, boys and ghouls, I'm sure you're going to have this story in mind when you turn in for bedtime tonight. If you hear the rustling of sheets or feel something strange coming next to you, you better get the hell out of that bedroom. (laughs) Now, this next story I have for you is an urban legend that is very macabre. So it just might give you the willies and it might disturb you a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyway. You have been warned. This story is called The Smith Sisters Murdered Anonymously. The Smith Sisters is an urban legend about two young girls who met a disturbing end in their bedroom. There was a boy named John Smith who lived in Plainfield, Wisconsin. He was very fond of scary emails and pop-ups. Every day he would find new ones and send them to everyone he knew. He even started making some himself and sending them to strangers. He loved to scare people on the internet. One day in November 2007, he opened up his inbox and found a message that appeared to be from two young girls. They called themselves the Smith Sisters and told him they were his older sisters, which confused him because he was an only child. They also said that years ago they had lived in his house. He replied saying he did not have any sisters and told them to get lost and leave him alone. The next day, he received a chilling message with some photo attachments. The first photo 
was of two young girls. The caption on it said, Smith Sisters Murdered Anonymously. In the email, the girls said that they were indeed his older sisters. They told him that in 1993 they had lived in his house. His bedroom had once been their bedroom. They told him all about growing up and about their lives and how happy they had been until one horrible night. He opened up the other attachment. It was a scan of an old newspaper article that read, In 1993, two sisters were brutally murdered in the small town community of Plainfield, Wisconsin. Lisa Smith, 19, and her sister Sarah Smith, 15, were attacked in their parents' home on the night of November 17th around 1.30 a.m. The Smith sisters were lying in bed when a crazed killer broke into the house. No one heard them scream. In the morning, their parents found the dead bodies of the Smith sisters hidden in the bedroom closet. They had been skinned alive. The killer was long gone, and no trace of him could be found. They had been murdered anonymously. Police conducted an extensive investigation, but to no avail. The motives for the attack were never discovered, nor was the attacker ever found. The only lead authorities had was a series of strange emails found in Lisa's computer. The case was closed in October of 2000. In the rest of the email, the sisters said that they were angry, that the case was closed, and people had forgotten about them. They were angry that their parents wanted to forget about them too. They were angry that their parents decided to start over and had a new baby, a little boy named John. They were angry that their parents had never mentioned their daughters or their tragic murder to their new son, John. So John sent, John Smith sent an angry reply saying he did not believe what they were saying. He did not believe the Smith sisters were really related to him, and he did not believe the newspaper article was real. He told them, Go to hell. Five minutes later, he got another email from them. It said, If you don't believe us, look in the bedroom closet. That was the last email that was found on John's computer. Police were unable to trace who had sent the messages to him. On the floor of the closet, the police found a faint message carved in the wood. It simply read, Lisa and Sarah, 1993. 
Underneath that was a carving that read, John, 2007. No one knows what John did next, but in the morning, John's parents woke up to find their son was missing. Then they checked his bedroom closet and got the shock of their lives. There, they found the dead body of their son. He had been skinned alive. No one knows what really happened that night. Police were only able to piece together parts of the story based on what they found on John's computer. The parents were devastated. How could this happen to a family? First, their daughters were murdered. And now, years later, their son is murdered. It seemed too weird to be just a coincidence. Two sisters are murdered, and then years later, their brother is murdered in exactly the same way. And in the exact same place. And the only evidence left behind is a few scary emails. It makes you wonder. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little creepy, gruesome story, that urban legend that just may or may not be true. I'll leave that up to you to decide. And now I know you're going to really have a fun time going to sleep tonight, aren't you, boys and ghouls? (laughs) Well, that's going to be it for this episode. I thank you once again for tuning in. And I shall return with more stories in a few weeks. So don't miss me too much. I will be back. Until then, watch out for those rustling noises in the night. Stay away from the closet. But by all means, have a happy haunting. (laughs) 